You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. I'll be your guide as we peer into the ridiculous reality that is our society and our government. Let's get to it. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again. I'm your host, Cam Harless, and today is Inauguration Day. We have a new president, which I could give less of a fuck about, but it's always a good time to break out the Alabama whiskey and talk to someone that's interesting. So today, unfortunately, Miss Jessica Green couldn't make it. I try to make her come on every time, but she didn't this time. However, I do have Miss Britt from the Freckles and Britt show on. You may know her on Twitter as at Tweets by Britt, or if you use Parlor or can even get on it anymore. I believe it's at Parleys by Britt, but she's here with us today. Welcome to my show, Miss Britt. How are you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> it's a wild week. So. It's, it's been a wild week. How did you celebrate the inauguration today? I ignored it. Oh, good. See, that's smart. Ignore government. <laughs> that's like, that's my thing is I, I've spent a lot of time on Twitter and it's like, I don't know if you saw this today. Um, I know you've been off of Twitter for a little bit because, you know, life is crazy. Um, but Justin Amash got on Twitter and congratulated um, Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris on being the new president and vice president of the United States. And David Smith wasn't having it. So there was this whole this whole thing. And it's funny because I see these people and I understand where they're coming from because I grew up in like a Reagan Republican household where like you respect the office of the presidency no matter what. I don't do that. I don't, I no longer believe that the office of the presidency deserves anything less than, than contempt. So it's a little weird when, uh, when I see that. And so it's actually refreshing to hear someone say they completely ignored it. I watched it because I'm, I like the dog and pony show, but it's good that other people aren't watching it too. So What are your thoughts on this whole, okay, actually, here's a good place to start. Um, uh, What's her name? Monica Perez. Mm -hmm. Do you know Monica? Yes, I know Monica. Oh, that's right. That's how I met you on uh, David's show, the girls night that he wrote me in on. Yeah. Uh, Monica was there. Um, But she tweeted, because she's been asked, she asked this on my show last time she was on. um, What are the three things that Donald Trump did that were good? And so I feel like that's a good place to start. Donald Trump's gone and I have feelings and I'll get into those in a second. But um, what do you think may be three things good that Donald Trump did while he was in office? Um, I like the fact that he forgot to renew the Patriot Act. So (laughs) that was probably my favorite. Um, I think that he did some good things with, Prisoners. I forget the act, the the prisoner uh, act, first uh, step act or something. Yes, uh, I like that. So I'm I'm good with that. Uh, I found Donald Trump 
um, inside a vacuum with, without uh, the contrasting left fight of a rather mundane president, to be quite honest. Yeah. Except um, on Twitter. I just, I, he was, I never really paid attention to what he said on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I found him rather what he did rather mundane. Um, yeah. I did. Uh, I like that he kind of shook things up, I guess, but yeah, I mean, trying to think of something that Donald Trump did that was so great other than like, he didn't get us into a new war. Yeah. Um, it was kind of the things he didn't do that I liked better than the things that he did do. I mean, yeah. my portfolio was looking really good until um, COVID. So yeah. I like that. And that's the thing. When I, when I answered the question, I came kind of to the realization that the things that J Donald Trump did that were good were all things that were kind of in spite of himself. It wasn't because he did good things. It was because either he didn't do bad things or someone talked him out of doing bad things. Or I, what I told Monica is I actually made a little list of those three because she asked for three. And I said, my favorite things, the good things that Donald Trump did was that he delegitimized the office of the president in what I hope is a lasting way because people have treated that office with less respect than they, I think they ever have, especially yeah. on the left. Um, and two, I said, was his candor and actions furthered I ideological self-segregation and made some people realize that they don't want their enemies ruling over them. And I said, three, that he forced the cathedral to show their true face. Yeah, I, I would agree with a lot of that. I, I, I think day one, Biden administration is trying very hard to like bring back the legitimacy of the president. Um, oh. And it's just like... Go away. Like, just like, <laughs> like, I, like, I'm not watching the inauguration. I didn't watch the inauguration. I, I don't care. I don't care what you have to say. I'm largely going to try and ignore you for the next four years. Like I largely tried to ignore Donald Trump for the last yeah. four years. So, um, the, you know, the only real issue I see with that is that the reason we have Joe Biden as president right now is because the left, um, the long con, yeah, it was that the left started telling you how bad Donald Trump was before he was President Trump yeah. and then spent four years in your face about it, not letting you forget about how bad he was and never really telling you exactly why he was bad. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that OK, as a as a libertarian or an anarchist or a minarchist, mm -hmm. Donald Trump did a lot of bad shit. Right. Oh, so, yeah. Okay, so we have legitimate reasons not to like him. As far as the yeah. left goes, there was literally no legitimate reason not to like Donald Trump. So they spent four years just like faking it and yeah. creating a boogeyman. And then six weeks before the election, like, aren't you tired of this? Aren't you tired of hearing about him all the time? Aren't you tired about him of him always being in the news and everything's about Trump all the time? Don't you want it to go away? And people were like, yes, yes, he did this. It's like, <laughs> you know, and then the, it's like they created a boogeyman that they're now going to pat themselves on the back for like knocking down. Like, Oh yeah. I've seen them actually on Twitter saying that they, um, how did they put it? They toppled a dictator. Yeah. Worst dictator ever. 
literally told people like, yeah, go into the Capitol, like go march <laughs> to the Capitol if you don't like what's going on. It, at, well, I'm still president. Like, okay, worst dictator ever. Like, how many dictators do you know that have people openly calling for his like resignation, his death? Somebody yeah. held up, Kathy Griffith held a, uh, a likeness of him up beheaded and like what? She didn't do a couple lame comedy shows that nobody went to see that was under <laughs> 45 anyways. Like who can well, like really? And, and and you're right. Like the the things that the left and the people that I ran into on the left that hated about that they hated about Trump, they could never back up what they said. Like they the despite how you feel about Trump, the um they're good people on both sides thing was yeah. a straight up lie and they knew I mean, it like yeah. they didn't care that it was a lie. in fact anytime you would show how many times he condemned white supremacy they'd be like yeah. i'm not listening to this alt-right nonsense of facts i'm sorry that facts are now <laughs> nonsense. Like, yeah, i'm sorry that your sanity has dropped that the bar is so low for you that just saying things that actually happened in reality are alt-right it, it's right it's wild to me. I watched today them talking about Biden having the nuclear football and uh, the whole comment section on Twitter was, it's so dangerous that Trump has uh, the nuclear codes. I hope that they made sure they changed them. Like, first of all, duh. Like, <laughs> all, four years. He had them for four years. He literally did less with them than anyone else we've ever had in charge of them. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's probably, we should like, really, if you actually care about that, like in real life, like in, in real life, inside a vacuum, if you actually care about that, Joe Biden's not your boy. Like Joe Biden's no. not the guy you want. Like Joe Biden's never met a war that he didn't want to be a part of. Dude right. loves war. Dude loves war so much. He's willing to cross borders and unite the country so we can have a war together. Dude's got a heart on for war. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it, it's like the the one of the other things that because the way they talk about Trump and COVID is also insanity. <laughs> like I like for the longest time, I was like, oh, don't you remember they used they said that there were going to be two million Americans that died of coronavirus if we didn't do something. And then I actually looked it up the other day. The original number was like six million. Yeah. And so three hundred thousand is extremely extremely successful yeah. in comparison to that but then you look at how they've still backed and love uh andrew cuomo the the um governor of new york grandma killer that's all I yeah the guy who i think if not the highest within top five like places per capita of people who died of coronavirus or like Rachel, uh, Biden brought in um, Rachel Levine, yeah, the, the trans the transgender um, person from Pennsylvania. By the way, when coronavirus started, I lived in Pennsylvania. I was living in Allentown, and uh, we just I decided that we were going to move. I think on St. Patrick's Day of last year, because I was like, "This is some stuff I'm not going to do." You know, I started, I, I don't think I even saw a mask, someone wearing a mask before I decided to leave because 
on St. Patrick's Day, I was like, hey, I want to get some Irish whiskey so I can make an Irish car bomb. And I went and I got it and the they closed the liquor store and boarded it up that day. Yeah. And I was just like, this is going to be some nonsense that I don't want to deal with. And I was like, bye, going to Florida. And so I, we moved, I think, 27th or 28th of March. Like we we got out of there so fast, it would make your head spin. And this Rachel Levine person was the health minister or I don't know what her official title was in Pennsylvania, but she was the one who put COVID patients back into nursing homes. But before she did that, she took her mother out of the nursing home and put her in a hotel so that she wouldn't die of coronavirus in the nursing home. Yeah. And this is the kind of human that Biden's going to put in charge. Of course, of course, he's got, what is he giving? He's giving Andrew Cuomo a position too. Oh, is he really? I didn't, I didn't hear that. He's slated for some position also. Apparently the more grandmas you kill, the more points you get in the Biden administration. Like I, I, I don't even understand the logic of all of this. I actually do. I, I absolutely 100% do. Um, they did what it took viciously and wickedly because mm-hmm. the left is evil. The, I, I, that's and all the people on the left that are in government. Most people that are in government are not the greatest people, but uh, leftist politicians and leftist um, people in these positions are wicked, evil people. They're sick. They have no compassion for humanity. They look at people as a means to an end. And, um, I think that they did what they had to do to make sure that they got as much funding as possible when they knew that they were going to get money for their states. Yeah. It also just real tinfoil hat to me that we're talking about two states that if we didn't have a huge pandemic, their hospitals were in major accounting, like major financial trouble before this major. Mm. And nobody That's talks true. about that. We don't talk about the fact at all that New York had a huge financial issue with its hospitals and they didn't know what they were going to do. Like anybody that wants, you can, anybody that wants to look it up, feel free to. I'm, I'm tweets by Brit. I'm on Twitter. I'll talk to you about it all day long. I mean, nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. Just pretend this problem would have been solved. It would no, they solved the problem. They made sure we had nurses coming out for months saying they're killing people on purpose on ventilators. And then just two weeks ago, after everybody like admonished these nurses and what, like they are lying. We don't even know if they actually work at hospitals. Doctors came out in, uh, I think it was the LA times saying, we didn't, we had to put people on ventilators that we knew shouldn't be on ventilators because at the time we had to protect other people in the hospital and we didn't know what was happening. We didn't, we know that if you put someone on a ventilator, they, it is, uh, they they give, yeah, they give out, they express less of particles. So that's why we put them on the ventilators. Keep themselves safe. I don't know if you saw this, but um, today uh, the WHO put out a memo for those um, labs that do the PCR test to test people for coronavirus 
to do fewer cycles of the coronavirus or do fewer cycles of the PCR because there have been too many false positives, allegedly. Yeah. And so from what I've, I understand of what I've read, they all, instead of doing cycling it through multiple times till they find it, they want to take a separate, a separate um, sample and then run that. And it's just ironic that it's the day that Joe Biden assumes office that suddenly they're going to have this, because you know, that's going to be a drop in cases. Yeah, of course. And they, and they, there's a lot that's happening right now. Um, I'm going to say something that probably I would say 95% of people listening, watching, and maybe you are going to disagree with. And I think I'm going to be right in the end though. Okay. I think that one, it's obvious that states are trying to roll out these viruses, uh, these vaccines terribly Yeah. during the Trump administration when we've watched hospital after hospital dump extra vaccines that were perfectly safe, perfectly fine because people weren't authorized to have them in a pandemic that we all know it's vitally important that as many people can get vaccinated as possible. Yeah. Two, um, and, and I know this because I have family members who, um, you know, work in law enforcement. And when they all got vaccinated out here, they actually said when they said, oh, we, we can only give it to this many people. They said, you're not leaving until we can vaccinate our family that you have extra for because yeah. they're throwing them all away. So I absolutely 100 percent believe that this vaccine is not only safe, but I believe that they've known that it was safe for a lot longer than they've been letting on that it's safe yeah. and a lot longer than these trials. And I believe that they are actively working to make sure that people can't get them so that they can continue this. When I saw that Joe Biden said, go ahead and let all of these vaccines um, go out, even though we don't have a second dose, I honestly believe what they're trying to do is cause a second like pandemic. They're trying to cause this virus to mutate, to cause another panic, to cause control over people, because I absolutely 100% these vaccines do work. I think that there's no like, you know, there's no like all of these things like, oh, people are dying all this stuff. The media has done nothing but talk about how bad coronavirus is for a year and how amazing what a boon this vaccine would be and i noticed right away that all the media did was accidentally show people fainting accidentally talk about people that died accident like when msm starts trying to tell you the bad things about the vaccine i'm like no that's bullshit i'll I'll line up for it every day because you're trying to keep people from getting it you're absolutely trying to keep people from getting it because all of a sudden the day before joe biden's inauguration la times posted how COVID is changing for the better in California where there's there's hope for California. Finally, two freaking weeks ago, they told us that we couldn't leave our houses again because yeah. this is the most deadly place in the world that yeah. we it was that London was the only place more deadly than California right now. And now they're telling us that there's hope for it. They don't want people to take this vaccine. I'm telling you, I'm telling well, you, like, I'm not trying to like say, oh, take it. I don't care if you do or not. I'm going to get it because I have two medically fragile kids. Obviously, you know, I'm, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I have things, I have a, I'm, I'm, 
overweight. So I know that I have a comorbidity, um, Mm -hmm. which also I've been working on my fitness for the last nine months because I was like, no, like if that's the thing, like I'll get rid of it. Like, but yeah, I know a lot of people disagree with that. And I'm not telling people to go get their vaccines. I'm just saying, just watch what happens. And then all of a sudden, after we do this hundred days of masking and we have a shortage and Trump is like gone. So we can't say that it was a Trump administration. We're going to get those extra vaccines and then we're going to. Well, them. So let Joe, me, Europe. let me tell you something that you don't know. Um, okay. Because the, for me, I don't, I don't trust the vaccine. I, okay. I, I, you know, that's, that's where I am. I, I I'm not going to tell anyone what they should or shouldn't do. It's not something I trust. So I'm not going to do it. And, I'm healthy. I mean, I'm a little fat, but I'll live. And plus, I think I had coronavirus back in February. I think I had it in March. So, yeah. In fact, <laughs> they wouldn't test me for strep throat because they were like, no, 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 it's strep. It's strep. So I was like, why don't you give me a test? Because we've had one for like 76 years. So I do think that if if the vaccine works, I mean, it's neither here nor there for me, that specific thing. But if you look um, today, Amazon sent a letter to Joe Biden and Amazon said, as you begin your work leading the country out of the COVID-19 crisis, Amazon stands ready to, to assist you in reaching your goal of vaccinating 100 million Americans in the first 100 days of your administration. We are prepared to leverage our operations, IT and communications capabilities and expertise to assist your administration's vaccination efforts. Our scale allows us to make a meaningful impact immediately in the fight against COVID-19 and we stand ready to assist you in this effort. Why did they not offer Trump that? I, I mean, I, I think I agree with you when it comes to the vaccines in that they, they do think it's going to be effective. They do think he's, he's going to be the hero and they waited until he was in office because why would, why would Amazon who has all of this and has seen the big, you know, tower, the towering lines of coronavirus cases and deaths wait until January 20th to tell Joe Biden that they'll help. Of course they Amazon absolutely wants to be on the side of the Biden administration because Amazon's been kind of hammered over the last couple of years. Oh yeah. And they are in a prime position to be hammered for the next four by, you know, just the left because they were able to do stuff during the world timeout that small business. I mean, Amazon is just prime to be the, the big bad, the bad, the next, you know, big business, bad guy. Well, yeah, so well I mean, this is a good way for them to get on. The, I think Amazon's number one um, motivation is to Amazon, to their shareholders, which to be perfectly honest, I feel like that's their moral as like, I think that's the moral thing to do. Your obligation is always to your shareholders. <laughs> wish they would have done it for the Trump administration because they could have saved lives, but I have no delusions that they care about humanity other than you know to make a dollar i'm not going to cancel my account i'm not going to like stop using them but um you know it just seems like uh, this to me seems like good capitalism so um, yeah well i think what if you look at the last year if you look at who lost their jobs who lost their businesses people who took their lives etc if you, you, you're not going to see 
the numbers drop in Amazon or Walmart or Target or any of the big conglomerates who can make money where everyone else can. I mean, there was, I, I mean, I'm, I don't do the tinfoil hat so much unless I can absolutely verify it. But if you look at the Charles Schwab stuff and the Great Reset, if you look at just the history of the United States since what, what a 19, the 1920s, they've always had a hard on for economic fascism. FDR really loved what Mussolini did up until they were, you know, enemies. I mean, if you if you look at all of these stuff, it is a shift more towards uh, corporatism or as what I would call it, what it is, economic fascism. And so, I mean, you see you see the mar- the marriage of the state and um, big companies, big corporations, you know, and there was a huge wealth transfer uh, from people who small businesses to these huge companies. So, yeah. I mean, if you, there's a lot of stuff that's happened with this virus. I don't think it's specific to getting Donald Trump out. I do think that that was a portion of how they handled things. Yeah. But there are a lot of moving parts in this. I think you just, you never let a good crisis go to waste. Absolutely. Like, if we didn't have social media, I think people would still be at work today, to be honest. Yeah. Like, they just, uh, this is an easy way to scare people. And, uh, oh, and all of it, by the way, I want to apologize for all that. <laughs> I was trying to like measure my daughter's shot. Um, uh, this, uh, I, I, I think that this was just part of the plan. There's a lot of talk still about like dominion voting and all of this voter fraud and all this stuff. And to me, I've, i you know, I said it from the start, MAGA people aren't going to like it. MAGA people don't like me half the time anyway, so I don't really care. <laughs> um, the voter fraud happened when, like, the voter fraud was, th- this this long con started yeah. four years ago with Russia. And then yeah. when we didn't, like, have states fighting like hell, making sure that there were no mal- mail-in ballots where there shouldn't be, yeah, then... Uh, that's, that's where this election was lost. I mean, and well, that and vote harvesting. The, the, it was, I, I believe that too. I was getting to that too. There were people going around my mom's neighborhood that were helping people vote and people that didn't want to vote. They were just asking them, go ahead and sign your ballot and we'll fill it out for you. Or if you don't want to sign it, you can just give it to us. And I don't, I can't say for sure if anybody took anything out of the mailbox or not. Um, yeah. You know, that's not for me to say. All I can tell you is what, like, we've seen and what's happened to us. And my mom got, like, my my sister moved to Nevada um, a couple of years ago. And my mom got her ballot two times in California. And my sister voted in Nevada. So, I mean, she's changed everything. In 2016, I live in Los Angeles. I got my voter registration because I... um, Like we moved to a new house that same year. I got it three times. In fact, I was so naive about it that I thought they were just sending me reminder ballots. And I still went in and vote. So, so for them to say like, Oh, that doesn't happen. It does happen. It happens quite a bit, at least in my state. And um, I think to, 
to say like, oh, there was a voter fraud. Maybe there was. I don't know. But I think that this happened, like you said, with the ballot harvesting. Um, and we also saw it in Los Angeles, especially because Republicans decided to take a legal ballot harvesting that uh, the Democrats had put into place for 2016. They decided to do the same thing. And Democrats in California tried to block it, saying no, uh, Republicans can't take these ballots from their own specific places, even though Democrats had been doing it for every election, yeah. um, you know, small elections. And they, I think they did it in the presidential election in 2016. And then we also allowed mail-in, mail-in voting. I mean, those yeah. two things, when you combine them together, it's just, it's just a, uh, it's basically just a formula for fraud that really, how are you supposed to go and check it? And um, what, what person on the planet is going to be like, Oh yeah. So this nice person, that's my friend. Like they took my ballot, like turn them in. Like, no, it's just, I mean, we saw, we watched, we've seen videos of people doing it. And this, this is something I don't think I've mentioned on the show before, but okay. So, we 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 were in Pennsylvania um, until March, but we had only been there since September the year before. So we, I think we spent seven months there. Um, before that, we were in Georgia, and when we were, I was down here in Florida, and I got I want to say four mailers about voting, none of them from Florida. The first time I got I got one, it was actually from Georgia, sent to my name with my address in Pennsylvania, and then forwarded down to me. And I was like, that's really weird that they would have my Pennsylvania address yeah. printed, printed on it. That seems bizarre. Um, but I didn't think a whole lot about it. And then the next mailer I got was exactly the same. Third mailer... They had actually apparently gotten the notification that I'd moved from Pennsylvania to Florida and Georgia sent directly to me with my new Florida address, the same stuff about signing up to vote mail-in. So the system in Georgia corrected my address and tried to send me and get me to vote in Georgia in two different States. That's like, yeah, it's wild. I, you know, I think there's something else that nobody talks about, really, um, that's kind of bothered me. It's, I guess because it's not really a doesn't really help anyone's um, case for saying it's voter fraud or it's not voter fraud. But yeah, at the end of the day, the people that voted by mail were probably not they like if they couldn't vote by mail. Um, like I've always been, I've, I've had an absentee ballot, um, since I had my son, since my son was diagnosed. So, um, and I think before that, because I was breastfeeding and that's a legitimate reason to have an absentee ballot. So, uh, but, uh, what, what I think is not talked about is a lot of the reason why there were so many votes, I think for Biden also is because a lot of these people just they will, even if they really hated Trump and really liked Biden, they just weren't going to go stand in line. But yeah. if all they had to do was mail it in and they didn't even have to pay for the stamp, yeah, you know, they could do that. Well, and also I did hear that there's been, there was some very, there was some verified information about um, Democrats going to like old, old folks homes. Yeah. 
and places that traditionally would have voted at between 40 and 60% voting at 99%. So I'm not saying they talked dementia patients into voting the way they wanted them to, but I'm also not, not saying that because no, the, I, the, the uptick in voting, especially in those areas is insane. Yeah, it does. It doesn't make sense at all. Um, that's again, I think that's where all this fraud was. I really don't know that it was from voting machines and all of that, but if you want to win an election, this is a way to do it. And this is why I've talked to libertarians. I say this over and over again. If you want to start winning elections, Liberty people, like you need to go out into the community and you need to know these people because the way that these things get done, the way that this was perpetrated is because leftists go into the community. That's just yeah. the way it's been for the last 40 years. They get into education. They they don't mind doing the like, they don't mind, they don't care what you call them. Socialists don't care what you call them. They don't care what, um, you know, how small the job is. They will do it to further the cause. Like they are dedicated where I see a lot of Liberty people to be perfectly honest and not to like shit all over libertarians and stuff. But like you either say you don't care at all about government, even though you hate it and want to change it, you'll do no work to change it. Or you run for president. Like what the fuck, yo, like you, it's like, we'll have like 9,000 people that are like, I'm going to run for president. And I'm like, why? Like, so you can leave everyone alone. <laughs> like, it just shows a level of like, okay, then nothing's going to change. Like, you may hate, like, like, you may hate government. You may hate the way it works. I know I do. But I sure went out there in the middle of a pandemic with, you know, knowing that it's not like the safest door knocking because I like in, in my neighborhood, I have, I had a feeling of the way people were going to vote, but I wanted to make sure that I could at least like put a word in for the most liberty minded candidate that, you know, at least for my local election. And I think that's what yeah. they do. And like, I'm willing to absolutely give them credit for that. Um, and I'm not saying that's all liberty people. In fact, Freckles and I on our show try and feature people that go out and actively like do these things in their communities and local elections and things like that. Um, but it's a harder, it, like we were just in a harder niche, I guess, because people hate the government. So they're like, why would I want to work for it? I'm like, you're not working for it. You're infiltrating. Like, so. Well, not to mention that, like, I feel like if more libertarians went and knocked on doors, they would be seen like Mormons rather than the, like than the, the rest of the parties, because let's be honest, have you met a lot of the people who are willing to knock on doors in the libertarian party? Yeah. I mean, not all of them, <laughs> but like, um, my friend Maggie, she was the regional Northwest regional director for y'all. She went door knocking. She's great. She's adorable. I go door knocking. Not like, it's not like we're going and saying like, Hey, can I, you know, introduce you to my Lord and Savior, Ron Paul? We're like, hey, you know, my neighbor Sue, like, uh, I'm voting for this candidate. I know you know me. You might not know her, so yeah. I'm vouch for her. Like, well, I'm I'm talking more about like I, I lived in Alabama and I tried to get into the LP thing a number of years ago. And it was after the Obergefell decision. 
So it was after gay marriage was legal. And, but that was like all that these people would talk about. And so there was this one guy, there were several of them, but this one guy in particular who would go door knocking through random neighborhoods to talk about how gay marriage should be legal. And and it's like, dude, yeah, that's done. (laughs) And the libertarian party didn't do it no matter how much you say it did. (laughs) What are you doing? And that's why I try and I've moved away from, I actually just try and use the term like liberty minded people to be honest, I don't know how much I really even have in common with libertarians anymore. Like the, I made, I've made the comment several times in several different ways that um, I feel like you should use compromise as a tool to advance liberty always, instead of compromising liberty to, to advance whatever your, yeah. your party is or the way you want to see it. Uh, achieved and people always take that as like well I'm not going to join the GOP I'm not going to vote GOP because this and this and this and the libertarians are the only way to do it well screw you because no they're not because it's not getting anything done I don't care call yourself like a porcupine fucker for all I give a fuck (laughs) I don't don't care if it advances liberty I will I'm like on that side I'm on the side of like advancing liberty uh, even if it doesn't look the way I want it to. Yeah. Like it's like, and you know, what's the goal in chess? You want to capture the King. But if I have to like take down a bunch of pawns, two rooks and like a knight, like I'm fine with it so that I can get to my end goal. Like we, it just, I think that people get frustrated because they're not seeing things move as fast as they want, but they have to realize that sometimes the only thing you can do because we're not starting at zero, we're not in a vacuum is just try and plug the leaks and you have to do that. However you can I mean, so it just depends, you know, it, I don't want to like, just be like hard on libertarians right now. I think I'm just still kind of annoyed that so many of them are after this election. We're just like, well, I'm glad Trump lost. Well, good for you. Are you glad that like, <laughs> Are you are, are, like, like you got your principles great for you. And, but you don't, you still don't have a, a president. There's still no like Joe Jorgensen president. There's still no like <laughs> abolishing the fed. We're still paying yeah. taxes. Like, and now the, 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 like they're both evil. I get it. I, you guys can convince me until the cows come home. Like, you know, that the lesser of two evils is still voting for evil. I get it. But stop looking at it like that. Start looking at it like there's two freaking waves coming. One's back here and one's right fucking here. So don't yeah. be like, eh, they're both the same. They're both going to yeah. drown me. Like, deal with the problem in front of your fucking face, <laughs> dude. Like, it's just, I just well, get frustrated. Well, and it's like, for me, like, I I do veer more towards personal liberty and making your, like the Harry Brown kind of concept of making yourself free. And yeah. leading by example, moving it out from there, you know, I mean, if you really like, I'm not a Jordan Peterson guy, but you know, I mean, that's not a bad thing. Make your own bed yeah. before you try to make everyone else's. But um, that that's one of those, like, I, I've never seen the LP as like, I joined it once one year and promptly told them not to renew me. 
because <laughs> I, I I saw what was going on. I saw how um, just it, it, they were just so bad at everything, and they would. It's like. <laughs> Nobody hates vegetarians more than like people that would most closely align with libertarians. If well, they and, and, <laughs> like, and that's that's the thing. Like, I, I I agree with that, and I think that that's actually a good thing because it's like Christians are going to be harder on Christians when they act poorly than yeah. they are on people who aren't Christians. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's the same concept, and so. Like I honestly, I don't. I am always at the point where I'm. I'm. I'm thinking that maybe the LP is a psyop. <laughs> maybe it's a CIA front. Well, I because think I mean, our work does a lot to help with that. Like yeah. theory. Well, I mean, I, I do feel like the LP is kind of like a like a pin, like a sheep pin that was built to keep those who could possibly become radical enough to change things and to affect things and to keep them in this little. LARPing world of spinning their wheels and getting yeah. tired and just wasting their time until they're like impotent and uh, uh, irrelevant. Yeah. Like, I feel like it takes the wind out of liberty when you start going, Oh, well, we know what we need right now. We're Robert Robert's rules of order. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, no, I get that. I mean, and it's funny because I tend to think that anarchists tend to be like the ones that are LARPing. Um, because I know very few people that do acts of anarchy on a regular basis. Like I would consider myself a minarchist. I largely ignore government where I can. Um, but like, you know, California keeps shutting off our power. So we're like, fine, we'll just buy a generator and we won't use your power. Like, you know, we, you, you can't get certain things at the store during the pandemic. That's fine. I'll learn to make them myself. I'll grow my own food. Like, you know, like uh, anything that I can do. Um, I'm not saying I collect rainwater because it's illegal in California. But... <laughs> well, and that's the thing. And that is like, I think that there's a, a disconnect in a lot of people's mind when they think about anarchist versus minarchist, because there are a lot of people who I know who are all there when it comes to anarchy, they all, they don't want the state to be around. They want to be left alone. Like ma a majority of the interactions in your life as malice or other people would say are anarchic in nature, you know, free voluntary things. I mean, what you're talking about, making your own food, people talk about planting gardens, that's agorism, which is a, a form of anarchy uh, or a anarchy with uh, anarcho capitalism with legs. I'm told that you're a, anarchist at a certain body weight and then you become an agorist <laughs> so, uh, i'm clearly an agorist <laughs> well that's the thing that's what you're what you you just described is is agorism yeah and so it's like i think that people tend to think that if you are willing to live within the system and do what you can to ignore it as much as possible that you're a minarchist but minarchists are actually saying, hey, we need this, this, and this done by the government. Well, see, I would, I'm not sure that I, I guess I kind of agree with that. Um, because, but I kind of fall into minarchy in a different way because I, I feel like I'm more of a realist and like I'm, I try and be very pragmatic about things. Yeah. Um, I believe that if we had an anarchist society tomorrow, like, yeah. 
it's not going to be, I could believe in an anarchist society in 1897. I don't know that I could now. I think that we're always going to default to some rules. And the reason why I feel like minarchy is what I fall into is because then I'm at a heightened awareness, a heightened awareness that, okay, we're going to have a society we're going to have rules. We can, we can pretend like uh, I, I've had this conversation with so a lot of anarchists um, and there's, it's always like, well, it would just be rules that we decide. It would just be like an agreement. Like that's, we could call laws that it's just using different words. When we all decide that we're going to like live a certain like way and then something's going to happen if you don't. And yeah. it's not like, and what's going to happen is not, whatever the fuck I want, then you're now forming a small minarchy. The in, reason though I sense. call myself a minarchist is because then you're always aware, like, hey, there's a society going on here. There's rules that are happening. We can't just pretend that we're all just like, like I, I find that off-putting, I guess, about anarchy is that it seems like it's like we're not talking about starting a small society or start, you know, like we're just pretending we're just a community, but like things are happening. And that to me scares me because it feels like there's a level of cognitive dissonance that happens where like, well, we're just going to add this. We're just going to add that. We're just going to add that. Like that's really where my minarchy um, mindset comes in. I feel like we're always going to default to that somewhat how, so we always need to be extremely aware of how far we're going to let it go because a tree, no matter how many times you chop it down is going to continue to grow back. And it's just a matter of time. So that's where I fall in that. I don't necessarily believe that like, Oh, we need government for certain things. Like I'm not like, well, you know, we need a military, like, no, but I do believe that we need a group of people to stop like, like, cause if the government's not going to be our military, like big businesses, and we need a group of people that's going to be like, We'll fucking shut you down too if you try and oppress us. Like so, that's that's. I'm probably just I'm just an anarchist that's really aware. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and that's what I'm. That's that's and that's all I'm really saying is I think that one one of the problems that people because I I wouldn't even I don't necessarily even call my I am an anarchist in a sense. Like if you really boil down my ideology, it's a I'm a Christian, so it's a um, I use the term patient monarchist because I have a king, I believe there's one ruler and everything else, you know, from there. But anarchist is a great shorthand for people who understand what's going on um, and aren't necessarily Christian. Um, but I think that one of the big problems that you come up to when you're having the conversation of anarchy versus minarchy is always this sense of scale. Because when you have these, when I, cause I don't argue anymore, but when I see arguments online, it's always like, well, you know, what if the United States became uh, anarchist overnight, it would do blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're talking about anarchy when I'm talking about anarchy. Yeah. And when you, when it comes to like, you know, small, you can say communities or you can, I, I think that, you know, with the anarchist definition of a state or it being a government or whatever, there will, they have the argument that yes, there is government, but it's not the state. It's a question of violence. The question of voluntary if it's voluntary etc which i i i my thing is i want to be free 
And that's what I have to focus on. And I want more people to think like me. I, I agree with you on that. I, I really, I, it's, it's a lot of minutia, but yeah. again, like I said, I just feel like I'm a, a realist when it comes to that is like, Oh, I don't think either are going to happen. Yeah. I, I think that we're both working towards the same thing, which is why outside of conversations with people that are acutely aware of the differences between an anarchist and a minarchist and what type of anarchist we're talking about. <laughs> there are plenty. Okay, uh, agorist anarchists that want to leave people alone, not LARPing anarchists that want to take Thank over you. the corner store and take it for their own because they're not anarchists or fucking communists. <laughs> uh, then we then I have that conversation outside. Yeah. If I was talking to a normie, I would say like, Oh, I'm just liberty minded. I'm and like, I'm yeah. independent. I'm independent, liberty minded, you know, because I want to make it clear that I'm not part mm -hmm. of the GOP. Yeah. Um, but I also, you know, don't want to scare them and yeah. say like, I'm a minarchist because first of all, if you say you're a minarchist, that sounds like an anarchist with a machine gun. And the only reason I know that is because several people that don't know each other is like, what is that? Is that an anarchist with a gun? And I'm like, well, first all, of all, all anarchists <laughs> have guns. Yeah. Like the only anarchists <laughs> don't have guns are fucking communists. So like they're the wrong ones. If your anarchist doesn't have a gun, don't trust them. So um, <laughs> well and and that's that's the thing when it comes to talking about this with people who are not red pilled are normies or not woke it, I have like a tiered list of words I use. So typically with people who are more Republican, which, you know, I don't talk to a lot of leftists um, outside of like war talk because you can kind of get to them within the con the conversation about war, but it's like, used to, I don't really use the word libertarian anymore, but I would talk about how I believed in liberty. And then I would say libertarian. If you're a little bit more learned, I'd say anarchist. If you're a Christian, I'm going to, I'm going to drop the, the monarchist thing on you. Yeah. But I do think you need to talk to people where they are. And I do think you need to talk to people about what's important. And see, I, I do think that if you can get ways to strike down bad laws or if you can make it so that you don't get taxed as much where you live more power to you yeah. um for me where my onus is it's it's all about personal liberty because there are a lot of people who if you talk to them about how they need to be free of you know these horrible taxes even if you're having a conversation about a smaller tax cut or whatever that's that's one way to talk to people um but people want to be prosperous they want to take care of their families they want to feel safe and so when you start having these conversations you have to be able to hit these conversations where these people are and so i think i think you know talking to the right people is important but i think if you can hit them in the point where they can be more free and you're not just going oh taxation is theft here's my bumper sticker for you yeah. If you can hit them with, do you want to be able to take care of your family and not have to have to rely on the government to do it? Like you start having the real conversations. I think that's a great starting point for most people. And that's where I am is I want to tell people how they can be free and don't have to live in, you know, depression. They don't have to rely on these evil people 
point out point out like it, it, I think one of my favorite cognitive dissonance moments. I don't know if you'll enjoy this about me, but um, my one of my favorite things to do to my mom is when she goes on. She's a she's a conservative. She has said I'm right a lot in the last few years, but the best thing you can say to someone who is a thinking conservative when they talk about Israel is to just say, Oh, isn't it interesting how Israel pays for women to have abortions? And it's just like their brains <laughs> yeah. don't know how to deal with that. So that's, that's me trolling my mom. Cause I'm a bad son, but it's fun. Um, but no, I mean, I agree with you. I think that, I think that when it comes to the conversation of anarchy, minarchism, objectivism, all of the different isms on the you know bottom right quadrant of the political compass, you have to know who you're talking to Absolutely. and you have to know what they want. And I'm not, I don't think that libertarianism is the end all be all of everything. It's a political, it's a, a not an ideology. I mean, it is an ideology, but it's a political philosophy. It's not a life philosophy. I, I it's agree. not the answer to all things. <laughs> yeah. Libertarians are good. I like libertarianism because it, I came to libertarianism because it aligned with my values as a Christian. Yes. So I don't believe that um, it can really, I, there's nothing I can really say about the left that um, aligns with a Christian value system. There's not, there's something that the left, like the left likes to put out that they, that it's a Christian mindset that they give to the poor. They do, but they don't actually, that's yeah. the, they don't actually have any, there's no biblical basis for what they're doing. Uh, in fact, if there was a biblical basis for it, they wouldn't throw Romans in your face all the time about like, you know, paying Caesar, what is Caesar yeah. and completely misunderstanding that, 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 that was written to the Romans and not to just all people. Um, <laughs> So, but then when I talk to the, to people on the right, which is my family mostly, um, again, I, I live in Los Angeles for anybody that doesn't know, I grew up here, um, you know, born and raised, I've lived here my whole life. And in fact, like my in-laws are all extremely left, um, yeah. Los Angeles there, you know, like my brother's out there. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. He, then he can tell you the. He kind of be became a part of the beast in a sense. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I mostly talk to leftists and I, to be perfectly honest, it's not the same as talking to someone on the right. Someone on the right already kind of is like, mm, you're just a Republican. That's not old enough yet. Like they kind of have that, like where they, they, yeah. still, you know, where people on the left, sometimes I'm afraid to say, a whole lot. So I just have to kind of meet them where they're at. Um, you know, but I, you know, I think that's a good thing. I think you should always try and talk to people where they're at and not try and argue with them. Arguing with people doesn't work. All it makes them do is cling to their beliefs. It's like, you know, it's like trying to tell your teenage daughter, she shouldn't run away with a 25 year old guitar player like that that's a bad idea it's just gonna make her do it so yeah well it's it's like i mean i don't know if you've seen you've seen this yet but jacob and magazine put out the cover oh gosh i did of their magazine and the longer you look at this thing 
the worse it is. Because, I mean, this is how they see the world. Even, I mean, in, isn't Jacob and like, uh, Jessica was telling me they're like socialist communist. Yeah. And yet the, the cover of their thing, you know, has, you know, King Jesus Biden with a little, little black girl looking up his skirt. Yeah. White guy reading white f- fragility drones in the air. I mean, this is a world that I don't understand. Well, I mean, uh, I saw this today and my very first thought was just to laugh because it's, it's, it shows you exactly how the left and the right are just, you know, two sides of the same body. I mean, we, I, it's just the truth that, I mean, this is four years ago, this was basically like the same thing that we saw. We saw the same, like, um, you know, religious Trump yeah. being turned into like a deity type uh, artwork. Not Emperor Trump. You know, uh, and now we're seeing it with Biden. I mean, really, to me, I look at it like, um, I look at it like you're voting for two of the same people, kind of. And I, I hate to say that because I just spent the first part of this saying like you probably should have voted for Trump because this is going to get real bad. But um, that's because there's an, an edge right here of where the right is like, let's let's kind of like make people like, let's kind of leave people alone, except that when it comes to the to military, but yeah. the left is like, we want to control every aspect of your life. And we don't even want you to think about doing it another way so that to me it just kind of looks like two of the same thing like basically what people voted on in this election was do you want salt on your pork or do you want pepper on your pork um and and that's the thing like they're saying that the left and the right the democrats and the republicans are exactly the same is foolishness unless you're talking about war yeah because the establishment Democrats and the establishment Republicans, the never Trumpers, um, they all wanted Biden to come in because he ushered in the neocons. He ushered in the war hawks. And so when you look at the left and the right at the at the end of the day, they are the same when it comes to the war party, when it becomes to enriching themselves off of destruction. Like This is factual. And so it, it's a nuance. That's the thing. It's a nuanced conversation. Can you say that they're the same? Yes. Well, Generally, no. <laughs> there, there's, um, there's the other thing too. It's also abortion. So yeah. the left treats war like the right treats abortion. They both want it, but they have to say they don't because it's a wedge issue. Right. So, you know, the right will tell you up and down, like, you got to vote for us because we don't want abortion. We don't want abortion. We want to stop abortion. But then they had control of everything in 2017, and they had a bill in front of them that they could have easily stopped a, a lot of abortions. Yeah. And they didn't. They made, there was a, they made one, it went to 40 freaking weeks. Not uh, to mention that Donald Trump could have easily not given money to Planned Parenthood. 
he could have forced them to take it off and he didn't not once like i mean just you watch it over and over and then the left says we don't like war but then they they don't have a voting record at all of not liking more but do they even say that anymore they do when they they, they didn't in this yeah uh, in this election because what could they really say well, i mean and not to mention i think to bring up like they tried to bring up all the drone strikes and stuff but like obama's favorite thing to do was literally like drone strike people so they, they really couldn't bring it up, but I guarantee midterms it's going to, you know, it's going to be a thing. And it probably will be a thing in 2024 when um, Ted Cruz runs for president trying to pretend that he's the next Donald Trump like he started, you know. God, it's so gross. But I mean, and the reason I ask, do they actually say that anymore is because they did very much in, in George W. Bush's years. Yeah. And then, but then if you look at Trump's reign of terror um he didn't do new wars but the moment he started doing making different moves in war different attacks suddenly he was presidential and the left was calling him this yep and so like i i mean there may be individuals on the left out there that will say that they're anti-war but the you know corporate leftism is not anti-war because it doesn't do anything for them. Like they did, they want the kickbacks, but they want something to push back against and they didn't have that. So, I mean, like, like even Bernie Sanders, who, by the way, I don't know if you, you saw this headline today. Um, Bernie Sanders made a uh, fashion statement. (laughs) I did. In fact, I tweeted, it was one of the things I saw that I said, Oh good. The MSM is back to hero worship. And because like, and then people were talking about how, like, uh, I guess conservative he is or frugal because he wore this jacket before or something. And I'm like, what? It's like, it's a jacket. He better, <laughs> he, better, yeah, he better have had this jacket since 1987 because that's what old men do. Like, if he has a new jacket, we have big issues. Old men shouldn't be buying new jackets. That's just a deal. It's just a deal. Like, <laughs> It's it, well, and it's like they, 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 I also saw them mention that, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jill Biden is bringing style back to the White House. Yeah, come on. Oh, I'm sorry, the fashion mall. Can I answer this question from Aaron yes. Elman? Absolutely. It says, I don't think it's accurate to frame the right as being on board with leaving people on. I, I didn't mean it in that sense. They tend, they tend to leave people alone less than the left. So when I'm talking about the right, I want to make sure that I clear that up because thank you for bringing that up. The right doesn't leave people alone left to their own agenda. They would just, it would just be um, like American Jesus town, but uh, which uh, like, and I'm saying that as a Christian, Um, but I don't think as a Christian, I have any right to tell anyone else what they believe. In fact, that's not Christian at all. And the GOP's version of Christianity is, is America Jesus. So, uh, I was talking strictly speaking as it's a tactic that the right uses. And in contrast to the left, they're more willing to leave people alone. That that's all I meant. Not like in like not in real life, not left to their own devices. No. Yeah. 
you would be going to church um, Wednesday and Sunday, and you would be like you would be paying taxes for churches that would then be mega churches that would then be oppressing you in some other way. No, 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 not not like. Sorry if I made that if I wasn't clear about that. I meant just in contrast to the left. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, I mean, you're you're not wrong. The moral majority was a big, big deal in trying to tell people what they should do, how they should live, putting explicit tags on CDs, yeah, making you know that is a very fair criticism. However, when it came to, I will say, in the real world, when it came to living next to leftists or living next to Trump people, I don't have a lot of I, they they leave me they leave me alone. Yeah. Whereas the, the liberals that I live near did not leave me alone. And, and I have lived near both too. Um, and liberals far outweigh um, GOP people in needing to know how I vote, explaining how I vote, um, kicking me out of a mom group for voting for Austin Peterson in 2016. <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, the day after when Trump won, I was like the enemy. I was like, I didn't vote for that dude. No, yeah, it was close enough. You didn't vote for Hillary. So, you know, for all of you angry moms in Burbank, uh, just know that in 2020, I wrote in 2016's Hillary Clinton for my vote. So <laughs> four years late, didn't do anything. But uh, but, it's, for a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny because if the lot with the last year, especially the last few months, they have been rewriting history. Yeah. The, the especially Biden's team, like uh, I forget the, what's his name. Richard Grinnell was a cabinet in the cabinet, Trump's cabinet and he was openly gay, but he named Pete Buttigieg to be something. I don't know what don't care, but they started saying how he was the first openly gay cabinet yeah. person. And it's like, well, that's not true. And then they backed it up and they started saying that, that will be confirmed by the Senate. Yeah. Like, come on. Or like uh, someone literally said that, um, what's his name? Joe Biden is the first president to come in um, being pro-gay, pro-gay people. That's are you, that is the most wildly inaccurate <laughs> thing I've ever heard. But they don't care. And this is the funniest thing to me because that was the first thing in 2016 that I remember people going after Trump about when Trump was like, gay marriage is settled. That's what they were worried about because that's when gays cornered the market on victim status. So, yeah, I mean, that like transgenders. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, uh, the transgender have uh, taken that. But let, I, you know what? Just I want to talk about transgender, the whole thing for uh, just a second, because yeah. I know a lot of transgender people, and I don't know any of them that go along with this like wildly inaccurate bullshit. And that is what I've heard a so, lot from people. Yeah. So I don't know that it is a trans people. I think it's the non binary kids who got made fun of in high school. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to say it. You were lame in high school and you wanted a reason to be lame. <laughs> and so now you're non-binary or whatever it's called. Sorry. I know you. I know you because you were the evil <laughs> kids in 2000 and you were the like cure kids when I was in high school because I was one of those like goth kids and um, 
seeing kids you do like and there were like like but i was not that far out because i was yeah you know let's look at me as cute (laughs) Um, like there were those kids that like they're the hanger on and so they just had to be different because they had no actual personality so sorry if i'm offending you you probably should be offended that's a thing (laughs) valid feelings you can be offended i'm not i'm not really super concerned about it um you know and if you are offended by it then maybe look into why you're offended by it like because well, and, and that's that's something I've heard from um, people who have transgender friends. One transgender friend that I had is that a lot of the stuff you hear about transgenderism and the, the it, it all comes from activists. It almost none almost none of it comes from the people that are like living it. I have a really so. good friend that's transgender, and I would say she. Like none of, I, I don't see any of it from her. I don't yeah. see any of it from, I have a couple, like I I would say I have more than four friends that are transgender, which seems like, I guess not a lot in 2021, but it probably is more than most people in the country. Yeah, I would imagine, unless you're kind of in that, it's not like, you know, a more conservative leaning Christian woman who's almost 40 years old, <laughs> you know, should really have a whole lot of, but I just do because I, I, you know, I, I yeah. what adults do. Like, I don't, I don't care. Um, you know, I don't even, I really don't ever have the conversation with them. In fact, yeah. the only people, in fact, we actually had a conversation the other day. We were joking around about how, she was offended because one of us didn't talk about her genitals enough <laughs> because w- that's like the whole conversation is like, well, why are you bringing up their genitals? Like we're not, we, yeah, I don't really care, but like, um, but I, to be perfectly honest, I really do think that that they ca- like transgender people tend to get a bad rap because like you said, it does tend to be activists. And I do see it a lot from non-binary people who, um, uh, that I I don't believe that's the same thing, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't see it as the same thing. In fact, I see it as the polar opposite of that. I think when you look at your sex and look at your who you think you are as a person and go, I'm absolutely the opposite of that, then you can't also say, like, but there's not any, you know, opposite to be. Like, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Like, you, how do you wrap that around your brain? Like you, you're saying you're the opposite of something that doesn't exist. So, well, and, and but that's what's so funny is um, that because, like, like we were talking about, they have erased history. They're memory holding a lot of stuff. But like they said that um, what's his name? Uh, not Biden, old man Bernie Sanders, yeah. who I think looks like he always smells like smells like spoiled milk. Um, oh, yeah, doesn't he? Am I the only one who thinks this? No, like I wouldn't want to sit in a car with him. <laughs> but they they claim that Do- Dr. Biden is going to bring fashion back into the White House when there was a literal fashion supermodel living in the White House. And then they, they go, you know what? We should flaunt the fashion of Kamala Harris. Yeah, she pisses me off. Stop wearing chucks, dude. 
you're a fucking trash <laughs> bag of a human. And I've been wearing checks since I was like four years old. And yeah. you put people in jail for smoking pot. So you're a dick. Take the checks off. You've probably never like been on a skateboard. You've probably never been on a surfboard. You've probably never played basketball. Like you're just I I don't that's the thing that actually makes me the most angry about her. She wears those stupid <laughs> like because I wear them and I'm like, I don't me like too. doing that. I've worn I've worn chucks. I feel forever. like her doing that is her like being like, Hey guys, you know, like like I'm the cool mom. I'm the cool aunt. Like that's that's what that reeks up to me. Just another fake thing. Yeah, it also it almost feels to me. Like she's going, hey, look, I'm just as low class as you are. Yeah, like, and that, like, there's that. Um, Seriously. Also, the only thing that I would probably take advice fashion-wise from Kamala Harris is what are the best knee pads to buy? Like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's it like, but yeah, they're, they've they've rewritten history. And I, I don't know if you saw this. I forget the guy's name, but did you see the video about Trump's new army that was put out the other day? I didn't. I saw that he wants to start a new political party, but he. No, had- it's, it's not that. This is not even um, Trump's doing. It's. Oh, gosh. It's this guy who I, I think he's some kind of author, New York Times bestseller, you know, someone from the, the cathedral. Um, and he put out this video and I'll show it. Um, but it's literally one of the most Soviet things and so filled with lies that it's incredible. Oh. So let's watch this. Let's watch this beautiful, beautiful thing. On or before January 20th, Donald Trump will no longer be the commander in chief. He will lose control of the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Special Forces, and America's nuclear arsenal. On January 20th, Donald Trump will become the commander in chief of a different army. This army. The greatest threat facing America today comes from within. Radical extreme conservatives, also known as domestic terrorists. They are hidden among us, disguised behind regular jobs. They are your children's teachers. They work at supermarkets, malls, doctor's offices, and many are police officers and soldiers. For more than a decade, Donald Trump has spoken directly to white supremacists in their language. Build that wall! Build that wall! Build that wall! Pocahontas, is it offensive? Oh. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. In the middle of a presidential debate, Donald Trump was asked to disavow white supremacy. And he did. He refused. Instead, he told the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. They heard wow. their leader. They even responded to him on Twitter, promising to stand by. And on January 6, 2021, Trump greenlit them. They suited up, they flew in, they took hotel rooms, they loaded their weapons, prepared their bombs, and they attacked with the intention of killing Nancy Pelosi and hanging Vice President Mike Pence. They were vocally saying, where's the speaker? We know she has staff, they're here someplace, we're gonna find them. In the years ahead, Trump will lead his army of domestic terrorists. He will encourage and incite violence. He will play the role of arsonist and fireman. He will start a civil war and then say things were more peaceful when he was president. We have to fight back. In this new war, the battlefield has changes. Computers can be more valuable than guns. 
And this is what we need now more than ever, an army of citizen detectives. I'm proposing we form a citizen army. Our weapons will be computers and cell phones. We, who are monitoring extremists on the internet and reporting their findings to authorities. Remember, before the Navy SEALs killed Osama bin Laden, he had to be found. He was found by a CIA analyst working on a computer thousands of miles away. It's up to you. So. <laughs> that's a lot to unpack. Tell me that that's not the most Soviet thing you've ever seen. That actually looks like the snippet of the Joe Biden inauguration speech I saw today. So, um, yeah, that looks like so much propaganda um, that. (sighs) (laughs) That's wild because um, one, I know I wasn't going to mention it, but um, Sunday on our show, we're hoping to have somebody that was actually there that had actually been in the Capitol. And uh, this person has a very different version of events and they have receipts to back it up, um, which MSM seems to be scrubbing, doing a very good job as the fourth, you know, branch of government. Um, (laughs) That was funny, Donna. (laughs) And what's funny is like, clearly one of the lines that he said, where he, where he said, Donald Trump, is going to ban do the Muslim ban. You can tell by looking at him how he says it that he is reading a quote from someone who's claiming that's what he said. Yeah. Like it's there's I, I'm surprised the there's not the there find people on both sides wasn't in that. I had to read it. I couldn't hear any of the audio. I just read the Yeah. Well I I, I realized that in the middle of it and so I'll I'll insert it. <laughs> Later. This next video I show you will have audio, um, but yeah, I'll cut that out and <laughs> put the put the audio in. Yeah, no, yeah, right. no. Just watching it, I was like, uh, watching that silent. It's very easy to tell that it's just it's propaganda. So, uh, yeah. for any of you guys that haven't done it, I say turn down the volume and watch it if you're not fully convinced, because that's wildly inaccurate. I mean. Yeah, it's like and and it's it's fan fiction. It's, yeah, reminds me. It's basically like the Q people uh, on the other side of it who still think Trump is somehow gonna storm the White House. And well, it gets it gets worse. Do you oh. know who John O. Brennan is? I know. Yes. Uh, used to be he used to lead the CIA. Um, I believe it was the CIA. Um. He was on MSNBC today. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if you saw this, but listen, we'll, we'll, we'll watch this, but listen to who he says the enemy is, who the domestic terror terrorists are. On the call, I was thinking today that uh, this is the most relaxed I've been uh, in the course of many inaugurations I've watched because I'm not responsible for it. But I can tell you that when I was in the government, I was I had white knuckles because yeah. of the nature of the threats. But it's so much more difficult today because of what we have seen, not just over the last two weeks, but that certainly has riveted our attention. But because of this growth in polarization in the United States and domestic violence and white supremacist groups. So I know looking forward that the members of the the Biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed 
are now moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements that we've seen overseas, mm -hmm. where they germinate in different parts of the country and they gain strength and it brings together an unholy alliance frequently of religious, ex religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, uh, racists, nativists, uh, even libertarians. And unfortunately, I think there has been this momentum that has been generated as a result of, unfortunately, the demagogic rhetoric of people that just departed government. But all Libertarians. Yeah. Um, they're... This... It's scary what's happening because it's they're making it anybody that is right of center, anybody that's center. Um, yeah. It's like they're trying to peg them as terrorists. This is so scary right now. Um, and it, I think that Americans that um, have any decency left, even if you did vote for Joe Biden, even if you did want to stop Trump, you you need to stand up now and look at this and be like, this is wrong. We can't do this to people. Um, we, we can't do what's about to happen because we literally just watched three months of people burning down targets, starting their own country in the middle of Seattle, um, rioting, looting, going into federal buildings. And... Um, then weeks later, we pretended it never happened. And when these people walked into the Capitol and they walked in. Yeah, were police, led in almost by some people. They were, the police let them in. Yeah. They had no problem getting in, um, which seems very strange to me. Um, yeah. You know, it, almost like it was planned that way. Mm -hmm to look like this, we act like it's never happened before that people weren't doing this all summer. And all of a sudden these are the terrorists and um, that, that nothing had happened for the last couple of months. And even if nothing else had happened, I, I think if, I think if these people had a different reason, I, I think if the, the reason that was put out was not like, oh, Trump. It was, oh, we're pissed with being locked down, like something like that. Like, I could see why people are getting like super frustrated um, to watch everything that's unfolded. I, I'm actually a little shocked, one, that there weren't more people there. And uh, two, that um, I was kind of pissed that those people didn't leave until every member of Congress resigned or that somebody wasn't, you know, they all went out in body bags, like the people or the whatever. I was shocked that that didn't happen. And I was disappointed that two hours later, everything commenced with no problem. I was like, fucking yeah. boomers, dude. Um, it just was like, and then I was like, well, whatever, all of my people too, are just like, oh, I'm not getting off the couch to deal with that. <laughs> um, at least boomers got up and did something before they had to go take their Advil. Um, but to act like we didn't have major riots in the streets for months and months all summer and just be like, these are the terrorists. Like when uh, in Studio City, California, you could get drug out of your car and beat half to death. 
And the police were like, not supposed to do anything. You know, the mayor and the governor told me not to do anything because it's for social justice. Like anybody that looks at this and doesn't think it's a coup, like I kind of wonder like how far down the rabbit hole you are. Like, or if you're just not paying attention, like I talked to like some of my in-laws who were like, thank God that, you know, white supremacists are going to be stopped. And I'm like, you would turn me in to the like brown. Yeah. Like, and you say you love me. You scare the shit out of me. <laughs> it scares me. Well, and that's the thing. Like I, I said the, in my last episode that it, it looked a lot like they were, I mean, if you look at some of the, like what, there was one video of people walking into the Capitol and the cop says to them, I don't agree with you, but I respect what you're doing. And then you see the video of those velvet ropes and these people just walking through the velvet ropes and not pushing it down, not going out, out of bounds. You see some stuff, but like I said last week, it looks like a eight, eighth grade field trip without a chaperone. Yeah. Is what happened in the Capitol. Well, something else happened that I noticed that um, that same day, um, Anderson Cooper was interviewing a staff member or uh, somebody that works on a Democrat for a Democrat uh, congressperson. They were basically just an aide, and yeah. but they were Democrat aide, and they were describing what had happened. And it was, they were describing what had happened right before we knew who was getting hurt and killed, who had been killed. So he said, all these people were coming in, they were behind a door and they said, we're not going to hurt you. We just want to go into the Senate. And the people on the other side of the door believed them and said, you know what? They're not going to hurt us. They just want to come into the Senate Um, and uh, onto the Senate floor. And they let them in. And this I'm telling you what this guy's describing. He said the lady that got shot, um, then the police shot this lady. She didn't jump. She wasn't doing anything. She wasn't hurting any. I don't know what the end of that sentence is because Anderson Cooper cut him off right away. As soon as that guy started going against the narrative. Um, So they wanted to make sure that this was like a terrorist activity. If this was a terrorist activity, fine. Well, you know what? Call a spade a spade. It is what it is. I'm just wondering how far we've gotten on the case of the people that stormed the Capitol when we have Brett Kavanaugh and uh, going through his confirmation hearings. Yeah. About all those people that walked in during that, during yeah. the hearing for a Supreme court justice nominee, like that's pretty freaking serious. And they're threatening a Supreme court justice nominee who's supposed to be completely impartial. Like, yeah. It's not like this is the first time that this has happened. It's just the scariest thing that happened that day and that's been happening. The scariest thing is the narrative that's being spun. Mm-hmm. It is horrifying, horrifying. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think the, the good news about that is the way that they're pushing this narrative as hard as they are shows that they're shook. They know that they don't have the hegemony that they used to have. They're scared. And I think that that's very clear by the way that they're trying to demonize people and try to have people killed and have you call your, your, the FBI on your neighbor because he was in the Capitol that day. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the big problem in this country, and it's not the divide. We've always been divided on things. Oh, we absolutely. used to just deal with them. The problem is, is that one side decided they were going to start talking shit, and the other side decided they were going to go ahead and just put people in gulags and try and kill them and put them on yeah. list. Like that's how quickly it devolved. And uh, honestly, like it's so kind of like simplistic and cheesy, but that's why I go back to like an armed society is a polite society. Mm-hmm. Like, and how you said individual liberties, that's, I mean, you just kind of have to like be like, well, I'm going to largely ignore it as much as I can. Yeah. If it comes to my front door. I'm going to go ahead and handle it. You know? Um, yeah. I'm getting very close. Um, I was off Twitter. Um, I don't know if anybody that watches my show was on watch is watching tonight, but um, you know, I was off Twitter for a while because of things that were happening at home and other things that were going on. And um, it just really was like, do I want to go into the next four years of um, not just, it's not just four years, like it, like Obama eight years, like I barely even noticed it, you know, it was like yeah. the things that I noticed were like um, when it was kind of like o- Obamacare uh, was, was brought, uh, you know, forced onto the country. Yeah. And in California, um, I don't know if it's every state, but I know in California, like if your kid comes to you and says, or, transgender you have to accept that now like those are the things that i noticed that's when i started getting like whoa you know but not enough people really were getting um sitting up and taking notice so i I hope that happens but like i hope that people are like oh we have to now i hope it's not too late but like i'm not I, i wouldn't be super concerned with just like joe biden being president what i'm super concerned with is the rest of the party and the people I'm talking to people in Los Angeles, um, people in my life who are, um, getting radicalized. And that's just the party baseline. Now that's scary. That's how you fundamentally change a country. And the good thing about this country has always been that there's, you know, as much as libertarians hate the dichotomy, like I don't want to, I wish I had a better way to frame this, but that there's always been two sides and that we always kind of had to figure it out, you know, until we started that slippery slope into socialism, like that was kind of like a good way to do things. When we had Lincoln come in and we had a viable third party option come in and say like, we have differences, this will kind of hash them out and people can kind of believe what they want. We're all going to move forward together. Um, and maybe this is just the end of that experiment. Maybe well, it's- and it's if you look, I do think that yeah, the the people on the left, the kind of base, has become more radicalized in a lot of ways. But right now, talking about the terrorists, talking about calling um, the FBI on people for this, that, or the other, blocking them, reporting them on Twitter, Facebook, etc. They're going. These people are radicalized. Yeah. While they are radicalizing these people. Yeah, this is that that ideology is very much imported. That's not an American ideology. 
that's that's not an American ideology at all. That is a very right. much imported ideology. And that's something that the left is going to have to reckon because it's going to turn around and bite them in the ass very much. But the left decided that they were going to court, uh, you know, uh, out the, the, this global ideology yeah. and that they were going to court voters in that way. Um, and this is what you get from that because uh, uh, as much as people want to come to this country and like, it's going to sound so like right wing, but here's the deal. You've all like the, you come to America, you acclimate, but you keep your like, you keep your tradition, you kind of, you can keep your values um, and you keep to yourself and you share it when people want to know about it or whatever. Like that's kind of the deal. I'm Italian. Uh, my grandparents like came through Ellis Island. Uh, or my, uh, my great grandparents came with my grandmother. Um, okay. And uh, you, you kind of like keep that heritage, but then you're also an American. You kind of acclimate like, you know, we may not always get along, but that's kind of the deal. That was always kind of the deal. Yeah. Like you just kind of, you know, whatever um, you, you deal with it. Like I, I don't subscribe to that, like come here and learn to speak English bullshit, but like, you know, you kind of have to like acclimate, like with, we all kind of leave each other alone, but we all kind of are in this together. Like we're Americans, blah, 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 whatever that American spirit, that libertarianist capitalist free market kind of spirit. Um, and it's slowly been eroded. Yeah. And it's slowly we've there's, you know, slowly the left has courted this like, oh, well, what was so wrong with where you lived before? In fact, where you lived before was just as good as here. Um, you know, so let's make it exactly how it was where you were, even then. And let's forget about the fact that you left there because there were some really terrible things. We'll just go ahead and import that ideology. You know, like it's a weird it's just a weird um, kind of thing that we're watching happen yeah, Um, and that we've let happen because. Well, I mean the, the left and well, I mean, there are certain aspects of this that are very much not American, but progressivism is as American as apple pie. I know, but this is not progressive. Well, neither is progressivism. I well okay yeah I agree with you but like I I I hate that we even use that term because at one point in this country people that would uh, espouse um, being a progressive they they were espousing you know values that would actually like move you know uh, progress forward in this country they were innovators they were you know things like that. That's not, there's none of that left. Progressive is just like not conservative and conservative. We think of as, um, you know, uh, like puritanical when conservative, all they're trying to do is stop the like bleed is what a conservative movement should be, but it's not because they just cause just as much. So those terms are so bastardized that it's like, I don't know. It just makes me cringe to even. (laughs) Well, it's like, there's a lot of history to a lot of these things, but uh, we, the, the progressive, the progressives, progressivism, 
whatever you want to call it, has had a stranglehold on education and policy and all of that for a hundred years since Woodrow Wilson. Yeah. They've grown, they've grown it over the last hundred years. I would say over the last 47 years is really where you can kind of like see how it started. It started with Woodrow Wilson. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like if you look at, uh, if you look at, Books from before 1923, you saw, I mean, social studies books, history books, if our schools had all of our founding fathers, it talked about, you know, it, you're, you're right. I agree with you. But really, the last 47 years is when we saw yeah. what I would say isn't progressivism is leftism. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I guess, I just can't look at them as the same thing anymore, because I would yeah. look at myself, somebody would look at me in 1992 1987 and say that's just a liberal like i'm just a yeah. you know like a classic liberal person i don't like war um i absolutely value and believe in free speech like uh you know i i want you to be able to practice your religion and I, I absolutely don't agree with your stupid religion but i and you don't have to agree with my stupid religion but you know, I want you to be able to do it. Um, like, so I can't see it as like liberalism. I can't see it as progressivism. I just see it as this is leftism. This is like a leftist, like critical race theory, Marxist. And and a lot of that comes ironically enough from the Puritans, which is it, it, I mean, it is like the, the where progressivism stemmed from, particularly through Woodrow Wilson, was through the social gospel. And progressivism, you can or just leftism, but you know the the main evangelical leftism um, is a it's a religion, and they don't have the it's Christianity without the mythology, and the the cardinal not the or the original sin is slavery. Cardinal sin is racism. And I mean, you can, you can see how it came from that point to here, but we're definitely, like I said, you know, it started then it definitely took it, took a foothold in the forties and it's, it's been pushed and pushed ever since and been married to Marxism and communism. I mean, it's, it's, it's all together, but it did start in with like Theodore Roosevelt nationalizing things. And Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's 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 an it's been an amazing ride, and they've been very smart, and that that's why it's so hard with conservatives is because you know like their thing is you know they're standing athwart history, yelling stop. That's what they say they do, but you know, like Malice says, um, progressivism or conservatism is progressivism driving the speed limit. Yeah, uh, right behind them. I absolutely agree with that. Um, I still think that you have to look at, again, I look at this last situation and, you know, it's over. It's all said and done for. But, I mean, I look at people like Shane Hazel running in Georgia. I look at people, you know, like Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen and um, all the libertarians that were like, we're glad we spoiled the election. And I think, like, Again, I these bumper sticker kind of terms of like, you know, conservatism is just progressivism driving the speed limit. It's well, it's 
True. But we need we need someone to pump the brakes. Yeah, it's also something that sometimes needs to be needed. And if you don't have the gun power to like get the job done, then you need to like figure out like the best way to like get the job done. And and I think there's a lot of nuance that we need to start discussing. And that's a big. I keep bringing it back to this, but I but because it's just so important for liberty minded people to realize that like it's not always. Um, not always, not even 50%, like 10% of the time, it's easy to do um, the thing that you want to do. And it's, it's also the easy thing to do. But usually you have to make stupid, hard decisions. Like, am I not going to vote? Or am I going to vote for this like trash bag, you know, Kelly Loeffler, so that because she's a super horrible garbage human being who like, I can't even believe that that's who was put up in like such an important election, but also we need a warm body that votes for gridlock. Like it's like, those are the things where it's like, I just really encourage people to like, really, really think about the consequences of what you're doing, not think about what makes you feel um, like what makes you feel like, oh, I did a liberty, like, oh, I did a, I, I, you know, I did a thing for my, for my personal values or whatever, like, because you really have to look at what are my personal values at yeah. that point. So well, um, I'm, I'm of the persuasion that the libertarian party ought to be burned to the ground. Um, that's, that's me. I think that yeah. if you're going to partake in the political system, and try to use it to advance liberty, you have to look at the people who did it best. Mm-hmm. Who is the person who did it the best? Dr. Yeah. Paul. Yeah. He, he ran in the LP ticket in 1988 with the backing of Murray Rothbard. After that happened, both of them left the, the LP and moved on. And well, Ron Paul moved on to the Republican party. He knew that, as you said, he didn't have a big enough weapon with the LP to make change. So he borrowed someone else's gun. Yeah. And And like, if you're going to do that, if you're going to take part in the political process, you can't, you can't hedge your bets on known losers. Yeah. I, I, I'm, Hey, I say, if you you want to stay a party, fine, but like, don't, don't get so hung up on party name that you're willing to shoot yourself in the foot. You know, yeah. like you're stepping over dollars to save pennies. I, I don't have enough metaphors to tell you guys that you're sometimes wrong. Like yeah. you, none of nobody in the libertarian party, this cycle did more than like Thomas Massey did. Like, it's really yeah. like uh, you have, you have to, uh, I just, it bothers me so much. And I will say this, will I still support the LP? I want it to grow. I want it to be like a system. Look, if I saw you (laughs) with the match, like literally I would be like there with like, Hey dude, I got a lighter. This is faster. So like, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that same, that same note. And I know it makes people, it makes people, angry because they think like oh she's becoming a republican or she's a republican that smokes weed or whatever it's like no i don't like them either in fact i have so little respect for the gop 
that I don't give a fuck about using their party like a fucking two dollar whore to yeah to like further my ends. Like I don't give a fuck about them at all. Yeah. Not at all. Not even one little bit. But I do want I do care about liberty and they do have a bigger party, not in California, but like, you know, other places. And if you can see that that's where it advances liberty, like I would encourage you to go for that. I wouldn't I wouldn't encourage you to like I wouldn't encourage you to vote for someone. Let's see if it comes down to two choices and mm-hmm. you could vote for the person that really closely aligns with your values or the person that somewhat aligns with your values, but has a chance of winning. Like I would say when it comes down to it, I would vote for the person that has the chance of winning, not every time, but at the time when it matters, like this was 2016, I would be like, nah, you know, like whatever. But when we saw, like when I saw that Georgia runoff and I knew people were still going to vote libertarian independent, I was just like, (laughs) <laughs> well and i think hey, that you also need to the gulag I, th- I also think that you need to look at what's going on right now you need to look at reality because right now there are more red-pilled republicans that hate the gop than have than there have been in the last 20 40 years right now we have a chance to go hey you could actually do something to change this this party to make it better to do something with it. Now's a good time. Yeah. But people are weeks ago. They're not, those people are not going to go to the libertarian party. Those, you know, what? people are prime to become independents. Uh, I I guarantee you though, I guarantee you most of those people are going to be voting for Ted Cruz because Ted Cruz is turning himself into mini Trump right now. I hate him so much. You know what it is about Ted Cruz? Because I kind of thought about like, I might've been able to vote for him in um, in 2016, but like, I wouldn't have uh, just the, the reason I thought about it is because I hated Gary Johnson's stupid idiot face. But uh, <laughs> like the thing, it's so petty, but like, fuck it. Petty is my favorite color. He picked his nose and ate a booger on like, like, <laughs> And it was kind of nasty that I was like, dude. I'd forgotten about that. But no, I mean, he's like, also, he's a walking, like, I don't care much for the constitution, but he's a walking constitutional crisis yeah. because he's not technically eligible to be president. So it'll be an, if he runs, it'll be really interesting. Yeah. And there's also, and, and Trump's the one that brought it up, but I'm sure the left is going to, have a uh, it's funny because i say the left's gonna have a field day they're not because the left just does whatever they want like the left just lies about stuff like as it happens like like they'll literally say like ted cruz is not eligible to run and then they'll like you know put up someone like arnold schwarzenegger if he ran so yeah like oh, yeah who knows? <laughs> you know they don't they don't care um but yeah i think i think that that's something that's gonna come up I don't know. I think we're going to see in the GOP, there's going to be somebody that we kind of haven't really thought of. And Oh, going back to earlier, I just want to make sure I say this because just in case anyone isn't clear, 
Justin Amash is a fucking social climber, you guys. Dude, he's he's out here, the fucking worst. Yeah, if you guys are out here thinking like, oh, Amash, like, no. Like, he, dude is a social climber. All He is an opportunist. He is a politician through and through. That dude's trying to make a name for himself. He's going to, like, I, I guarantee you, he's going to try and take Trump dogma if he does run in 2024 and, like, be like, I'm the anti-Trump and, like, try and do that whole, like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm the new GOP. Like, I, I know he's, I'm telling you, like, that dude is not, he's, the dude's a social climber. That dude would, like, sell you out in a minute. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I do think we should probably go in a few minutes, but I wanted to know if you wanted to piss off some MAGA people before we go. Oh gosh. Because, because let me, (laughs) because let me tell you this morning when I woke up and I read through the list of Trump's commutations and pardons, I got so angry. Uh, so I'm guessing it wasn't Snowden or Assange. <laughs> there, there was no no Snowden, no Assange, and but most importantly, no Ross Ulbricht. What? So 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 Donald Trump on his way out of there are a couple things on his way out of office. He could have a month ago pulled all the like forced all of the troops out of Afghanistan, out yeah. of these different war zones. He could have stopped. That what's going on in Yemen, but he didn't. He could have today, um, when he went to release um, classified documents, he could have released classified documents, but instead he did release the classified documents. But every time the FBI, CIA, etc., asked for him to um, redact something, he went along with it, which meant he didn't declassify anything. And then finally, he did not commute the sentence of Ross Ulbricht. Yeah, that's... Or, or Julian Assange or Edward Snowden. I know there are some people who don't like Edward Snowden and think he's CIA. I don't care either way. But he had a chance to let Ross Ulbricht be free. Yeah. He's, what, 36 years old? And he'll never get to get married or have children or have a life because they made an example of him. And Trump... Here's Mitch McConnell say on a in a speech on the floor that he has more or less said without saying it that if Trump pardoned those three people that he would be going to jail instead of them. Yeah. And Trump took the coward's way out, did not did not pardon, did not release documents, didn't do anything. He just bitched out at the end. And I, 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 I have a lot of not respect, but there are a couple things, like I said earlier in the show that Donald Trump did that I'm happy about. But after this morning, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. In fact, I'm tomorrow morning. I can't write about it tonight. I actually, uh, like I said, I've been largely avoiding the news this week um for anybody that's what you know watching my daughter was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes i actually thought that um 
I thought Ross Ulbert was going to be like, I, I really, to me, I, I thought that that was just going to, it given. just seemed like a given. Yeah, it really did. When you told me that it actually kind of, uh, it hurts. It hurt. Yeah. Like I, like I, I, I can't, like, I'm not going to try, I'm going to try not to get emotional right now, but no, it hurt. I am too. But like, when you told me that I actually thought you were going to say that he, that's the one thing he did do. He didn't. And the fact is he may not have, that's why I said everything good he did was in spite of himself because he could have ended the war in Yemen. But I watched him today throw himself a fucking party at the end of this. And I thought that's, and I didn't tweet it because I just know people are so emotionally spent, you know, right now that it was going to get twisted, but the left was right about that one thing is he was so self-serving in that way. It doesn't mean they were right about everything. It doesn't even right mean they're right about anything else, but I'm really trying not to cry right now because it's, we had one shot and then in the same sentence, we have somebody on the other side saying that libertarians are terrorists. Yep. Which means everybody on both major parties is against any liberty-minded people. And again, I say to you, if if you have any thoughts of changing this, starting your own party is not going to work. Infiltrating the party that you can is the only way that works. And really, the other way. I live in I, I, I live in Los Angeles. If I have to vote for the worst Democrat like if I have to register as a Democrat and vote for the worst Democrat, then fuck it. I will. Like, I don't care. Sorry. But yeah. This no, yeah, I, no, this is, cause I thought it was a given. Like I actually is the first time I'm hearing this today and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. This is, this, this is where I am. You are where I am. When I read through that stupid list this morning and it didn't say his name, I said, I got to the end of myself and I was like, I thought that maybe one truly good thing would come out of Donald Trump's presidency, but it didn't. And fuck him. Because this is unforgivable. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for having to tell you that. I I should have been more informed before like we went on. Normally I am. I just, yeah. um, no, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Like I, I thought I didn't, I, I didn't have the, not somebody that I know personally. I've never, it's just that you, I mean, you know, you connect with this, you connect with people on a certain level, you read their story and you're like, that could have been like anybody that you, it could have been anybody that you know. Yeah. And, It's frustrating because you see what's happening. And like, I always felt frustrated over the last four years, every time I've had to defend Donald Trump to make a point against leftism. Yeah. And I, I hate that there's people out here that think that I like, I mean, obviously, there's there's literally been people all all week attacking me and people, other people, like, quote, tweeting things I've said in 2015, 2016 that's basically said never Trump. 
And like I even said at the top of the show, I found him to be a rather mundane president in a vacuum. But, uh, and I still think that's true. I think that these are self-serving Son of a bitch. I mean, he's sitting, I mean, what is he doing right now? He's sitting in Florida. And it makes sense because I, the fun, the thing is, is it did make sense because I thought he didn't pardon himself or his family. So I'm like, why didn't he pardon himself or his family? Because he knows things are coming down the pike. So he made these deals to make sure, I mean, when I'm watching Mitch McConnell, like be the cockroach that he is. And again, I've said this a million times. I think Mitch McConnell is a freaking genius. I really oh, do. I don't. Uh, huh? I said, so is Pelosi. Yeah. I, I watch these people, but I think they're also like the dregs of humanity. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, oh gosh, it's like so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Again, it makes me like part of me want to like crawl under a bed and just be like, you know, keep not collecting my rainwater. But the other part of me is like, this is why we need to infiltrate a party that is too fucking stupid to like realize what we're saying or like do it to the left. I don't care. Yeah, I think I think right now the left is not open. But I think that right now we have a special moment with conservatives to red pill them and to bring them to our side. Um, but like that's that's what where my goals are are to talk to the people who are disaffected, to talk to people who saw the truth and aren't going with it anymore, or who who turned off Fox News. And we, I mean, even if they went to stupid channels. By all means, they turned off Fox News after 20 years of watching it religiously. We have a time where we can red pill conservatives and also be an example and live free and do the things we want to do and show them how we can take this on ourselves. Because I think that needs to be, I think that has to be a part of it. I think that if we're not teaching people and showing by example how to be free without having to ask permission, we're missing a huge opportunity. Because I've said it, I've said it a hundred times. Um, politics is the soul killer. I think that far too many people put their hope into politicians and into politics when there are 9 million other things that are better to put your hope in. Yeah. But let me ask you, I'll, I'll end this on a optimistic note. Um, hopefully. Um, I have been asking people um, what their white pills are. What are the things that you see right now that are, I mean, it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be political. It doesn't have to be national. It can be in your everyday life where you see hope, where you see goodness and, or even something bad that we can exploit for good right now. What in this world right now, gives you hope uh well i don't think my i know the first thing that comes to my mind because like my world has just been crashed this past week and so i don't know your viewership but i know you from talking to you today Uh, it doesn't really matter what happens in this world because Mm -hmm. um you know, for me, 
I know that like God is good. I know that there's hope in Jesus Christ. And that's not really yeah. what I, and you know, what happens in this world is just what's happening, but I'm going to heaven. Yeah. And um, so I continue to kind of look at that and go, I don't, don't have to fight. I don't have to do, you know, we've um, already won. Yeah, it doesn't. Th- it doesn't mean things hurt less. I'm. I'm telling yeah. you guys, I've watched two little kids this week that st- I have to struggle every day to like, you know, hope my kids make it to adulthood. Yeah. To hope that they don't have major complications. It's hard. It's really, really hard. Um, so I think I also think if I can get through kind of this, um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happens over the next four, eight, ten, two years, whatever, like, I think it can make it through that. I think that I'm learning to be more self-sufficient and it gives me a lot of hope because I didn't think I was a strong person. You guys, yeah. this had 50 mile an hour winds and my 12 foot trampoline blew over a wall and I was able to get it back and hold it down. At one point I thought it was going to pull me away. And I was in that moment. My kid had just been diagnosed. My husband was getting his 9,000th COVID test and I was holding this thing and I was like, I'm not a strong person. And I literally had been angry all week because people are like, you're so strong. You already have a kid with this um, disease. Uh, how do you do it? And I'm thinking, I'm not strong. And I was like, I'm so much stronger than I think. So mm-hmm. it's weird. It's not political. I'm well, sorry. Um, yeah, but that gives me hope. Like, I, I don't actually, like, I'm stronger than I think. And I don't have to be strong because I'm not one of those people that believes God doesn't give you anything that you can't handle. I believe God gives you not. I, I believe that people get shit they can't handle all the time. Absolutely. But I have Jesus Christ that can kind of gets me through it. And yeah. I have more strength. I can dig deep and I can find that. And so uh, it's me. I have hope in like, I have hope in my faith and or I have hope in in Christ and I, and, and in myself that he's given me this strength to deal with things. So I don't know. It's, I don't know if that's the right answer. It's just, it's, it's actually <laughs> the answer that is the most true for me because a lot of times when I ask this, we are talking about politics. We're talking about stuff that's very temporal, but my absolute hope is Jesus Christ is going to come in power. We're going to be free. We're going to be healthy. We're going to be happy. We're going to have purpose. And there's resurrection coming, man. We've already won. I have, I have nothing else that can hit me. That is the, that is the ultimate white pill. And so I, that is the perfect answer. And yes, I do think you, me, and a lot of people are a lot stronger than we've been convinced that we're not. And I think that that's a realization that more people need to have. So I am sorry for making it such a downer. No, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But um, 
I really though, I, 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 I'm not at the, like, I'm starting to come to that point where I feel, um, I feel almost bad that I ever defended Donald Trump. Oh, I do. Anyway. Like, um, but at the same time, I also knew that he was a piece of shit the whole time. And so like, I didn't expect, I didn't think Ross Ulbricht was going to be um, set free, but there was a part of me that was like, God, I hope he is. That's and it's. Yeah. It, I'm actually so stunned because I thought that that has to be a given, right? That has to be a given. That has to right. be a given. But that's the thing. That free little lane. But <laughs> at the, at the end of the day, it's, it's not going to be the politics that matter. It's going to be our families. It's going to be our well-being. And it's going to be that Jesus is going to come back. Yeah. That's where I am. I can't, I can talk about all the other things on earth, but that is number one for me is that there's going to be a resurrection and there's going to be life and it's going to be the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. So with that, thank you for coming on the show. I'm glad we had like quite a long, it was a long conversation. Yes, but it, it hit a lot of different deep points and I'm happy with that. Okay. So. <laughs> glad. So, I've always wondered if people are like, how people are expecting me. They're like, is this chick just going to come on and be stoned and, and rant? Like, so- I, I actually, the, the uh, since I have five children, and I code for a living. I don't get to listen to podcasts. And so I literally just know you from Twitter or from the time we were on David's show. And so what we had is exactly what I expected. So, (laughs) so with that, if you want to find Brett on Twitter, which she may or not, she's, she's slightly less active now than she was. You can find her at tweets by Brett. If you want to watch her show where every Sunday morning her and a redheaded gal named Freckles get stoned and talk and have fun, (laughs) it's every Sunday morning on their YouTube channel, which just search for the Freckles and Brit show and you will find it. Is there anything else I need to tell people to find you? Uh, No, I mean, I'm on Gab. I'm on, I mean, any, uh, most of my other social media, you can find me at salt by Brit. So, Um, and even on Twitter, if you know, you want to find my alt, it's salt by Brit. Um, <laughs> and also I'm probably a lot of the alts that you guys don't know. I have like 50 of them. <laughs> so, and Are I there any that I've interacted with? Yes. And none of them, I, none of them follow me. So okay, I, like, I don't use it to boost my follower count, but off the air, you're going to have to tell me some, some of this I'll stuff. See if any of them do, I think that might be one, but there's some that I'm always like surprised, but yeah. And I think people might know this cause I kind of got little docs on it, but I am the only fund reef. I am the only fans refund account. So for people who didn't know that, that's me. I started it. <laughs> So yeah, uh, that customer service rep. Uh. <laughs> um, once again, like I said, thank you for coming on. Um, anyone who's listening still, if you want to find me, type in this is MLGA anywhere. You can listen to the show on this is MLGA.com. You can listen to our other five, four shows, 
at mlganetwork.com. And if you want to join my spunky group of of retards, you can go to makelibertygreatagain.locals.com. And for just $2 a month, because they make me make you pay, you can join us. Um, Beyond that, to everyone listening, just remember, there's more to life than politics. There's more to life than Donald Trump or Joe Biden or the state. There's more. And that's what we need to focus on more than ever before. So do your best to stay sane. Yeah. And ignore government.